you can be in the middle of a miracle and not know it? What if God's doing something and he's arranging situations, circumstances, bringing people into your life, and you don't have a clue what he's doing? You can get a breakthrough. You can get an answer. You can see something you'd never see before. Would you fast? Would you fast? Already hungry. You just start talking about a fast. You know, there's something so amazingly wonderful and awful about a fast. Right? Am I right? Are you with me on this? Because some of you are kind of translating this through your mind. Do you mean I don't eat for 21 days? Okay, if you want to do that. Let me tell you what we do. We do one meal a day. We just eat one meal a day, and, uh, and we eat as much as we want on that one meal. What happens, though, after three or four days, you don't want as much because your mindset's changing, your stomach's changing, things are just changing in your system. And I want you to know that, that some of you don't know this experience because you're fairly new to Influence Church, but fasting was the breakthrough moment in our church that took us to another level. I believe that corporately and individually that fasting is the key to accelerate your spiritual life like nothing else. We were 13 months into our journey when we put an offer on this building. And no bank on earth wants to loan a church money that's 13 months old and none of them offered to. And God operated in a way that was beyond what we could imagine and gave us something at the end, actually not even in, at, right in the middle of, toward the end of the 21-day of the fast, we had a breakthrough miracle and a loan that was beyond anything else. Had we had a traditional, typical kind of approach to financing or fundraising, we would have missed out on the miracle that God wanted to do. Here's what I want to say. You can get a lot done. As an individual, you can get a lot done. And you will be able to, to say, look what I did. But if you will allow yourself to get on a journey in the supernatural, you will see what God can do, and it will take you, it will launch you further down the road than you ever really imagined. Now, I want to talk to you a little bit about food. Now, I want to I kind of set this up with this thought. Food is unnecessary in the eternal kingdom. Food is unnecessary in the eternal kingdom. Food is necessary in the physical kingdom. Right now, you need food in order to eat, I mean, in order to live. And so when you take food in, it gives you energy, and you're able to do what you do. But in the eternal kingdom, you don't need food. Now, the Bible tells us in Revelation that, that we will never thirst or hunger again in eternity. We will never hunger or thirst in eternity. Yet, the Bible says we eat in eternity. Now, I want to show you the paradox and how this application works. You see, in the eternal kingdom, food is not a necessity. It is given for pleasure and recreation. The reason that God wants you to understand fasting here and now is so that you understand from eternity's perspective what's important. So food is, when we, when we fast, we are saying, I will not let food rule my life. I will take a break from one or more meals 
so that I can understand this principle of eternity and how to leverage the supernatural for the benefit of what's happening here on earth. So fasting is really not a physical exercise as much as it is a spiritual operation that moves you into a different perspective and realm in the kingdom. Now, some people say, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fast technology. I do not believe that is a valid fast. Let me tell you why. You say, well, it's so hard. It's harder for me to do without technology than it is with food. I agree. But remember that technology has nothing to do with the eternal kingdom. It's food that's connected to it. And if you substitute anything besides food, you're missing out on the principle of the kingdom. It's more important that you tap into the kingdom than it is for you to suffer. God does not love you, honor you, respect you, or answer your prayers because you suffer. He does it because of his character and his nature. His nature is to love you, to bless you, to lead you into truth. So when we understand that principle that God is not trying to see how uncomfortable we can become in the physical realm, and if we're uncomfortable enough, then he can bless us That's not it at all. Now let's keep moving through this. All power and authority resides in God's kingdom. There is no power and authority apart from God's kingdom, and if I'm going to get kingdom of heaven on earth, what I have to do is I have to tap into the right source in order to have that that flow of God coming into my life. And if I don't tap into that, then I operate with a power and authority that is human, not divine. And if I give authority and power to the enemy by my compromise, by my sin, then he, has, he can move in the realm of authority over me and I have consequences in my life. You see, Satan has no power and no authority except that which we give him. You give that to him by acknowledging him and saying, well, he's got so much power. I'm so worried about what he's doing. Jesus said, all power and authority is given unto me. The only power he gets then, the enemy, is when you give him space in your life. Today, some of you have given space to him in your life, and you need to take it back. When you take it back, you reestablish kingdom principle in your heart and in your life, and you can operate from a position of strength. You know, children lead us into a lot of things, don't they? I mean, they're really great things. I just love kids. I love it because they're so honest. I mean, it's just amazing. I, I, I may have told this story before, but it just it's worth telling again. I was walking with Cruz, and he was about two, maybe two and a half, um, and we were walking down the street, and there was a lady sitting at an outdoor restaurant, and she had a patch on her eye, and he walked up and said, are you a pirate? You know, and if you've ever been in those situations where your kids or your grandkids, they just totally embarrass you and you, you want to run and hide, you want to pray that the woman forgets, didn't hear, or, you know, whatever, right? And she had a great nature about it. She said, yes, I am a pirate. And he just said, thought that was the neatest thing and went off and on his thing and then he's just fine. <laughs> Jesus said, a little child shall lead them. Let me give an example of that. We have a, a couple in our church. Um, and um, Sylvia and Peter, and they have a little girl named Olivia, and Olivia is eight years old. 
Olivia is a part of our children's ministry. And thank you, Scott and Kara, right here on the front row, our, our children's pastor. Got a break for a week. Got time off for good behavior, I guess. But, um, but they, they're teaching children how to become warriors in the kingdom. They're teaching them how to move in the spirit, how to pray, how to worship, how to do all those things. They're not babysitting them. They're, they're, we're raising up generations that are going to love God and know how to move in the spirit of God. So anyway, Sylvia was making the bed for her little girl, Olivia, and she noticed underneath her pillow was um, a piece of paper that she had put under there. And she found it, and when she asked her about it, she said, well, I, I, where did you come up with that? She said, I came up with it with, from iKids Ministry. I want, to, I want you to see the letter. Look what it says. The enemy runs at the sound of your voice when you stand up and the nations flee. Isaiah 33.3. That's an eight-year-old. Let me ask you something. When was the last time you put something like that under your pillow? When was the last time you went to sleep with the promises of God? You go to sleep with the worries of the day and not the promises of God, and you're surprised you don't have more joy in your life. Amen? You see, if we would learn from a little child how much richer and how much fuller our life would be. Because when we move into the area of, of acknowledgement, the dominion that God has for us, and we understand that fasting, now watch this, fasting releases power and authority on earth. There are some levels of authority and power that are not released apart from fasting. You can pray all you want. You can pray twice as much as you ever have, but until you couple it with fasting, you don't see the accelerators that God has put into the kingdom. God wants you to understand that he works by the principles that allow you to move into new levels, as many levels as you want to in the kingdom. So when you fast, understand that fasting is a kingdom declaration. When I fast, I'm making a kingdom declaration. I'm saying, this is not about me. This is about the kingdom of God. And I believe that when I fast... I'm going to lay hold of the power of God in a way that I haven't in previous days. I believe it is a kingdom declaration. In Matthew chapter 11, Jesus was talking about John the Baptist. And we see an account of John who, who remember, baptized Jesus in Matthew chapter 3. He heard the voice from heaven, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. As John continues his ministry, he finally, because he's such a fiery prophet, he's arrested and he's put in jail awaiting his own execution. But he hears about Jesus and the ministry going forth, and he says, I wonder, if, is this the right guy? Are you the one? Look what it says in the Scripture. It came to pass when Jesus finished commanding his 12 disciples that he departed from there to teach and to preach in their cities. When John had heard in prison about the works of Christ, now that's the key. Remember, the works of Christ testify to the word of God. When you see the activity of God on earth, it will always point you to God. When you see people being healed, when you see miracles, when you see signs, when you see wonders, when you see those things, it's supposed to point you to God, never to man. It says here, when he heard the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said, are you the coming one or should we look for another? Are you the promised Messiah? Now what we understand about fasting is that fasting clarifies the vision. 
When you begin to fast, you begin to see things from God's perspective, and you get a vision and understanding of what God is saying. So John was, uh, was on a perpetual fast, it seems. He was always fasting about something, and I think in this moment what he needed was he had an element of doubt that entered in as it does in every human being. An element of frustration that will enter into your life. And you say, I've prayed, I've fasted, and I'm still not seeing a breakthrough. Do not stop because you're frustrated. Do not lose heart because you don't see the miracle in your time frame. You see, what, it, what we need to have is a tenacity in our, in our spiritual sense that we will not give up. This morning, Tammy and I were talking before we came in, and I, I made a statement. She said, you need to write that down and use it. So I literally wrote it down, and here's how fresh it is, all right? Hot off the press. And here's what, it sa- here's what I said. We know that we are warriors. We just don't know where to fight. So what we do is we fight at home. We fight with our friends, we fight, we fight in our businesses, we fight on the highway, we fight everywhere but in the right place. And the enemy loves to get us fighting in the wrong arena. Because if you're not fighting where the enemy's fighting, then you're just wasting your time. But remember, in your heart, you have the heart of a warrior. You have a heart that says, I know I was made to, to battle and I know I was made to win, but where do I fight? If you will fight in the spiritual realm, you'll see victory in the physical realm. If you fight in the physical realm, you'll see defeat in the spiritual realm. Because everything just works the opposite. You see, the kingdom works the opposite. He who is great in the kingdom shall be servant of all. He who is great on planet earth shall have servants. Everything is just reversed. He goes on to say this, look. Fasting opens the door in our life for new opportunities. When you fast, guess what's going to happen? You're going to begin to say, wow, I never saw that before. Here's a new opportunity. You're going to see things happen in your life, and you're going to go, how did that just happen? It didn't just, nothing just happens. It happens by prayer and fasting, by the miracle of God. So what I want to do is I want to talk about some opportunities. As you know that we, we, we went on this journey to, to buy this building, and, and come December we'll be in this building three years. And it really is a miracle. If you ever started anything, you know that it's a miracle just to buy something. Amen? I mean, I still go into our little, our little uh, workroom, and I, and I open up the cabinets, and I see folders and paper clips, and I get excited because I remember the day when I couldn't go get a paper clip, a folder. I didn't have anything. And I, and I just go, thank you, Jesus. This is yours. Thank you for the paper clips, God. And I'm not being corny. I'm being serious. I really do. I get excited I go in there, and it still smells fresh in there, and I'm going like, look, we've got a copier. We actually have a copier. Do you understand that if you will begin to give God credit and praise for every little thing in your life, that God will open up the door and begin to increase the flow in your life? If you're discouraged, discredited, defeated, and always pointing the finger at God and what he's not doing, he'll shut up the windows of heaven until you get the right attitude. So what's the church-wide fast about? On a corporate level, there's three things we're asking you to pray about. On an individual level, you're going to go off the reservation. You're going to figure out what God wants you to do. But here's, here's the three things. We're, we're asking you to bring on October 16th 100 new people. So 
not every one of you, but if you want to do that, that's fine. But we want to, we want to see 100 new people who have never been in here introduced to what we're doing at Influence Church. We want to sell out the prophetic conference, which doesn't look like it's going to be hard. We're about, we've only got, we've got less than 300 tickets left for the prophetic conference. If you have not got your tickets, I promise you if you wait another week, you will not get a ticket. I just promise you that because that's how fast this is going. Third thing is a building expansion. Some of you have heard about this. I actually did three different tests with, with about 45 to 50 different people, and I introduced what I'm going to introduce to you in more detail to them. And I said, tell me if my thinking is right, because I call this preacher math. And sometimes preacher math, you go, well, I never thought about it like that, but it's amazing how this thing works. So what I'm going to do is I want to take you through, first through and show you some of the things that are happening here. I want to, I want to get, kind of introduce you to our app. We have a new church app. You can launch it. You can go right to the app store and download it, Influence Church OC. And you can go begin to navigate there. You can live stream off there. You can actually access an electronic Bible on there. You can, uh, you can go to all the media. You can see worship videos. You can see preaching videos. You can see all kinds of fun stuff in there. It's a great place. You can go and see testimonies and stories from the prayer wall. Uh, you can leave prayer requests. You can just, you know, just think about your, your, your handheld device is just a mobile tool for you to use to connect with us, to connect with God. The other thing is that we've launched a new website. Today's the first day, the new website, and we are so excited about it. This is the homepage here. You'll notice there's, uh, there's navigational tools that you can use. You can, you can link right into our app there, all the information's there. It allows you to log in and create your own account. That gives you the opportunity to be able to view uh, all the, the stuff inside of your account, meaning your giving records and some of your activities and different things. Uh, we'll eventually have your spiritual gifts logged in there. We'll have all kinds of tools. You can connect with things. But it is a powerful tool. We're excited about it. And it is, uh, every page is featuring a video. So you're going to get, you're going to get some energy happening on every page. And then down below, there'll be copy that you can tap into. Now, let me, uh, let me take you a little bit further what we're doing. So uh, back in March, we had to join the journey. And this sermon, by the way, is going to be a little bit different than other sermons because you're going to see things you don't normally see in a sermon. You're going to hear business stuff, okay? But um, there's a guy named Ray Hart, and Ray's in our church. He's a, he's a visionary guy. He does visioning for um, architects. He works with them to kind of plan something ahead of time. And we sit down, Pastor Nate and I, we sat down and said, what would a building look like that would be on our dirt? We already own the dirt here, so why not build right here? This building, it may be hard to conceptualize where it is. This building, if you go out the front door and immediately to your left is where this building will be. It will only take up about 14 to 18 parking places, and yet all in total it's almost 20,000 square feet. All right? Now, what's neat about this building is you'll notice on that first floor um, that it's a, it's a pretty high ceiling. That's because we're going to put in a state-of-the-art children's center. That's, yeah, I know. Thank you very much. But it's going to be open. It's going to be open six days a week to the public, and on 7th, we'll use it for, for our, our worship and our Sunday. Okay, so here's, here's part of the philosophy behind what we do here, and it's a little different than most churches. We really believe in a marketplace center. That is a place where people come here to the building for more reasons than just coming to church. Many, many churches, they, they build wonderful buildings, lovely buildings that are very useful and very helpful, but they sit idle throughout the week. 
We don't believe that's the best stewardship of what God has for us to do in our particular situation. We also believe that, that, that in a marketplace scenario, it would be great to be able to have people who would actually come here for another reason, and then they would be influenced for the kingdom by us. So the post office is a tenant of ours. They pay us rent every month. Bodie Leaf Coffee is a tenant of ours. They pay us rent every month. But here's the benefit. The benefit is not only that financial revenue stream that comes in. The benefit is that people come to the post office to mail letters, to buy stamps, to do whatever they do over there, check their mail, and they, they, they find their way into this place where we pray for them. People come to Bodie Leaf. They come there to get coffee because it's a great coffee shop. They come there, and guess what? We interact with them. We talk to them about Christ. They become a part of this, all right? So what we're going to do on that first floor of that building is we're going to, we've already in contact with someone in San Diego who has three of these, and he will literally come in, and he will pay us rent on that first floor, and we will have an amazing place where you can bring your children, you can check them in for an hour, two hours, you can have birthday parties or whatever, and we're going to bring more of the people here onto our campus. When you move up on the second floor, the second floor of that building is going to be a recording studio. It's going to be, uh, we're going to have a prayer chapel there, a house of prayer chapel that will seat about 100 people. We're going to have a prayer closet where you can come in during the week and you can pray. We're going to, when you walk in, there will be a big compass on the floor, and then a running around will be electronic like a ticker tape thing with prayers all over the world because we want to make this church a center for worldwide prayer. Amen. We want to take serious what God has already begun here. Uh, we're going to have on there a green room so when we have guest artists, they can come, they can stay. We'll have a conference room there. And then when you go up to the third floor, we'll have our offices. Currently, we office across the street. Many of you don't know where we are, but we're across the street. We pay rent every month on that. More about that in a minute. But we're going to have our offices up there, and we'll be able to have uh, all of our staff in one place. Then you'll go up to the fourth floor. It'll be an open deck. And uh, that deck will be open. We can do exercise classes up there, Bible studies, fellowships, whatever. It'll be a great place, a great view. And, and the amazing thing about this is that, that God has put together a plan, and I believe God just kind of led me into this um, from a business perspective. Let me tell you the business model for most churches. It goes like this. Uh, we're going to start a church, and we're going to ask you to, to, to pay for it. And then when we don't have enough money, we're going to ask you to pay more. And we're going to let the building set idle about six days out of the week, but we're going to have to pay for that big building six days out of the week. And I believe that God has, has greater wisdom uh, for us than that. I really believe that. I believe there's a different model for that. So this marketplace model that we have really says we're going to have multiple revenue streams from the spiritual standpoint and from the physical standpoint. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to walk you through a little bit of what happened here. We bought this building for roughly $3 million dollars. Okay, and then we renovated. We put some, some money and some time into it. But on January 16th, we had our building reappraised, and it appraised for $5.3 million. Now, now, let me tell you what that means. What that means is that in two years, we have gained almost two mil, a little over $2 million in equity in a building. That, to me, is amazing, right? Now, you'll notice that uh, from this next slide that our current loan uh, that we have is roughly $3 million, and we're paying a pretty high interest rate. That's because we took out a loan when we were 13 months old and we were high risk. We are no longer high risk, all right? We now have four and a half years' worth of financials. We now have two, over $2 million in equity. But our payment, 
is right now is $23,880 a month, half of which is paid by the U.S. Post Office and Bodie Leaf. All right? You see how this is working? Now, the reason I say this is because that it doesn't it make sense that if God could give you wisdom in the spiritual realm, he could give you wisdom in the business realm? You see, if you look at Proverbs chapter 31, it talks about, uh, you know, the, the Proverbs 31 woman, and she's diligent, and she's industrious, and all this stuff. I really believe the Proverbs 31 chapter primarily has to do with the local church. She is the woman who's industrious. She is the woman who cares for her children. She is the woman who clothes them in scarlet. That is the blood of Christ. Okay? And God says, why can't you be like that? Why can't you be like that? So let's go to the next one. I'm going to show you kind of what God, how God led me into it. So I said, okay, if the new building costs us about $6 million and we can get a current commercial loan at 4.5%, then our monthly payment's only $33,000 a month, which is only roughly a little bit less than $10,000 a month more than we're paying right now for our building. Now, right now is where everybody begins to cringe because you said we need $3 million, and I know where this is going. What this means is that, that we're going to have to hit you up for $3 million. What if I told you that's not the case at all? What if I told you we weren't going to raise money and we were going to build a $3 million building? It would be a very different kind of a conversation, wouldn't it? What if, what if God just gave us some insight into it? So I began to look. Okay, we've got about a $9,400 spread between what we're currently paying and what we will pay. And so we recoup $2,000 a month across the street because we're no longer going to rent that space. So now we've reduced it down to seventy-four seventy, And then we sign a pre-lease agreement with Kids Zone, and they pay us $6,500 a month. And then we sign, uh, by the way, I think we have both these already tied up, but then we sign a pre-lease agreement with, uh, on the recording studio so we can use them both. And now let me show you what it, what it looks like. And the next slide shows that now we build a $3 million building and we actually uh, make $530 more than we're making now. Why wouldn't it work that way? Why do we have to follow the system of the world in the church? See, I'm not opposed to debt. The Bible doesn't condemn debt. What I'm opposed to is bad business. Business that doesn't operate from a kingdom perspective out of the Word of God. And I think God is just, is just giving us some amazing things that I really believe that is just led of him. Let me keep, take, keep, take, keep taking you into the story here from Matthew's perspective. Prayer and fasting is the most effective way to release kingdom power. I do not believe that we would be where, what I just showed you, I don't believe we would be where we are without the prayer and fasting. Do you realize this is the seventh fast we've been on since we started? You know what that means? Seven times 21 is 147. That's almost a half a year. We fasted six months since our, of our whole existence. Six months of fasting. Why aren't you all skinnier, amen? I'm sitting there going, what? How can I fast six months and still look like this? It doesn't even make sense. But look what Jesus said. Jesus answered and said to them, now these are the disciples of John. Let me bring you back to the story. Are you the guy? He says, go tell John the things which you hear and see. You see what he says? I want you to tell John what, he, what you hear from my lips, but I want you to see because the works of God confirm the word of God. I want you to tell him what you see. The blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, 
the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them, and blessed is he who is not offended because of me. Do you see what God is doing? Are you offended because of Jesus? You're not blessed if you're offended. Well, I don't want to talk about Jesus. I don't want to offend anybody. Start offending. That's what this verse is about. I don't say be offensive. There's a difference. You can just be a pain in the you-know-what and offend people. I'm saying this. Don't be offensive. Be winsome. Be supernaturally natural and bring people into the kingdom, but never be afraid to name the name of Jesus Christ wherever you go. Amen? He says, blessed are those who are not offended by me. I love, you know, we see miracles happening here on a regular basis. About weekly, we see a miracle happening here. I want to tell you one of them. I, I got this text. I thought it was so great. We have a guy in our church. He's actually on a little vacation out in the desert uh, this weekend. His name is Tom Clemens. He's one of our ushers. Um, Christine and, and Lindsay are part of our church. They were at the first service. She sent me this text this week. I want to read it to you. I just heard, had to tell you that we have been praying for my dad because he has been going through a scary time since being diagnosed with melanoma. In June, a blood test came back and said that he did have cancer. The levels would normally be 30 or now were 146. This began the process of testing organs and bone scan. Last Monday, he had a PET scan, and I came to the church early because of the My Story Bible study, and I put a prayer in the prayer wall for him to have negative results, no cancer, and for the blood work to be wrong. While he was at the doctor getting his results, I prayed again for a miracle that he would not have cancer. I turned to my Bible for refuge, not realizing or knowing where to start, and God led me right to this verse. Now, let me show you what's going to happen here. You need to get a word from the word. See, it's not enough just to read the Bible. You have to say, God, speak to me from your word about my situation. That's uh, getting a rima from the logos. That's getting a word from the word. And here was the word that she got, 1 Samuel 1.17. In that case, Eli said, cheer up. May the God of Israel grant the request that you have asked of him. Then as I received this word, the phone rang probably coincidental. Huh? It was my dad telling me that he had left the doctor and the PET scan shows no cancer, the blood work looks good, and another miracle, praise God. You see, what we want to do is we want to be able to see and hear the things in the Spirit. Do you know you can hear in the spiritual realm and you can see in the spiritual realm? Just like you can hear and see in the physical realm, you can hear and see in the spiritual realm. God can open up your eyes of understanding, open up your ears of understanding so that you see things that God is revealing in the spiritual realm that is not visible in the physical realm, but most people will never go there because they're not willing to pay the price to press into God. When you press into God, when you get really serious about God, when you really say, God, I'm going to press into you. I'm going to go hard after the kingdom. I'm going to go hard after Jesus. God's going to open up doors to you, and you're going to go, whoa. Had I known sooner, I would have been more committed to God in the past. Why did I waste so much time in my life? And you're also going to understand that when God begins revelation, revelation will always bring humility. Humility. 
Knowledge will always bring pride. There are people that have more knowledge of the word of God, but they don't have love because they're operating out of knowledge versus revelation. So watch this truth. Love fuels our spiritual intensity. You see, when you really, when you begin to get this download from God, this revelation from God, what it does is it fuels you in love to change the world around you. And you change it by love, not by argument. And the intensity level goes up crazy numbers. And fasting accelerates the mindset of Christ. When you fast, what happens initially is this. You're so aware of your hunger, you find that everyone you know is eating a Snickers bar. Amen? I mean, it's like everywhere you go, there's food. Your, your sense of smell increases. You can smell In-N-Out burgers for 20 miles. I mean, it's just amazing what happens. I was stopped at the light the other day, and I was not too far from In-N-Out, and I hadn't even started the fast, and I'm smelling. I'm going, I cannot drive on this road for 21 days. Right? But everything kind of increases. Now watch, your physical increases and your spiritual increases at the same rate. So you begin to go, oh, wow, I see that now. I didn't see that before. And you'll understand that fasting is a leverage point, is a leverage point in the spiritual realm. Now I can fast and I see things happening faster than I ever saw them happen before. Okay, now watch this. We have to cultivate an attitude a lifestyle of spiritual tenacity. I'm not giving up. I hear people say, well, you know, I tried that and it didn't work. If you try something, you didn't even get involved. I went down to the car dealership and tried out a car. I didn't buy it. I didn't pay the price. You can try God, but you're unwilling to pay the price. You don't see the benefits. When you take title to that car, it's your car. Now you're responsible for that car. you got to gas that car, wash that car, take care of that car, drive that car, park that car, garage that car. That's your car. When you jump in to take title deed in the kingdom, it's your responsibility to operate in the kingdom to park the kingdom, to drive the kingdom, to wash the kingdom. You have responsibility in all areas of the kingdom because it's your title deed and your promises and all the benefits of heaven are yours and you understand that the quickest way in there is prayer and fasting, loving God, reading the word of God, coming before God, turning away from sin, and loving your fellow man. You just begin to understand these things and what you do is you cultivate that lifestyle of spiritual tenacity. Look at, look at Matthew chapter 11, verse 7. And they departed. Jesus began to say to the multitude concerning John, what did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? See, if you go out in the wilderness in that day, there were reeds and the wind was shaken. Did you go out there to see that? Did you go out and see a natural occurrence? Or did you go out there to see a supernatural occurrence? That's what he's saying. He said, a reed shaken by the wind, what did you go out to see? A man clothed in soft garments? That was a Jewish idiom of the day. It meant someone without backbone. Did you go out to see a reed, a natural occurrence? Did you go out to see somebody who was so used to soft living they couldn't make a decision and they couldn't change the world? What did you go out in the wilderness to see? 
You went out to see more than that. He says, a prophet? Yes, I say to you, more than a prophet. You didn't just go out to see a prophet. You went out to see John the Baptist. You went out to see a guy who was totally sold out for God. And it says, for this is he whom it was written, behold, I send my messenger before you. That was John, prophesied in the book of Malachi. Before you wait, who will prepare, who will prepare your way before you. Assuredly, I say unto you, among those born of woman, there is not arisen greater than John the Baptist, but he was least in the kingdom is greater than he. What did he just say? He said, you can be greater than John. That's what he's saying. If you will take on servanthood, if you will humble yourself, See, John never lived in the, in, the, in the dimension of the fullness of the Spirit of God because the Spirit wasn't given until after he died. When you couple up humility and the indwelling Spirit of God, you can be greater than John. You want to be great in the kingdom, you've got to be servant of all. You can't run away from responsibility. You have to run toward it. Verse 12 is a key. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of of heaven suffers violence. You know what that literally means in the Hebrew? Taken by force. If you're going to take the kingdom of God, you have to, there has to be a certain level of spiritual violence. There has to be a contention. There has to be warfare. Remember this statement I said? We know we're warriors. We just don't know where to fight. And it says, and the violent take it by force. You know what? You say, you know what? I'm going to be so tenacious, I'm going to take spiritual ground for God. And I'm not going to take that ground twice. But if I lose it, I'm going to take it twice. And I'm not, you know, the Bible says in Proverbs, the righteous fall six times, but rise again. Hey, it's not a mistake. It's not, it's not all bad if you fall down. It kind of proves you're human, amen? The problem is if you don't stand up and you don't aim in the right direction. Because it goes on to say the wicked fall in the day of calamity. They don't rise again. I'm hungry already. I'm feeling it. Anybody feeling hungry right now? Talk about fat getting hungry. Amen. Well, what else am I going to say? Got to be spiritual here for you guys. Amen. Let me ask you something. Do you want a good suggestion or do you want a word from God? See, I go to my friends, hey, what do you think? And they give me a good suggestion. Go to another friend, give me a good suggestion. Do I want to operate on good suggestions or a word from God? Do I want to hear God speak? See, when I hear God speak and I, and I resonate with it and I move in that direction, then I see what God can do. Father desires those who hunger to be servants on earth and great in heaven. Do you know that God loves for you to want to be great in heaven? But the only way you get there is by, is by servanthood. You're not going to get there any other way. Promises of God are always conditional. If you will, I will. If you will, I will. If you will follow me, if you will pray, if you will fast, if you will read the word of God, if you will deny yourself, if you will live by faith, then guess what I'm going to do for you? If you'll do that, look what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to release supernatural power. I'm going to heal our, your body. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to bring favor into your life. If you will, I will. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. That's conditional promise. Delight yourself in the Lord. That's conditional, and he will give you the desires of your heart. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Every promise of God is conditional. There is unmerited favor, but never unmerited rewards. If you want to be great in the kingdom, you've got to do something for it.
You can get into the kingdom. It's free. It's a gift. But to be great in the kingdom, which Jesus said, by the way, as a command, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. That was a command. That wasn't an option or a good suggestion. Because by laying them up, what it's doing, it's translating down to you doing something here on earth for the good of God. Amen? I really think everybody just wants to be great in the kingdom. They just don't know how. I really believe that. I just want to be great. I don't know how to get there. A couple life applications. The rewards of the kingdom outweigh the challenges. I'm not telling you there's no challenges. Jesus put it like this. The way into the kingdom is through a narrow gate, and few there be that go through it because it's hard. I'm not trying to tell you it's not hard. I'm trying to tell you it's worth it. Amen? It's just worth it. That's all. If it was, if it was easy, everybody would be going. He says, but broad is the way that leads to destruction or many that go by there. You know why it's easy? It's easy to get on the, you know, the, the raft of, of life and just float down the river. But you're going to go upstream for God? God says, I'm going to reward you for that. There is no substitute for a partnership with God. You're, you're in partnership. He's with you. He's for you, right? You're not all on your own. It's, it's together, amen? And just say, God, I just want to do this together with you because I don't know how to do it apart from you. And I failed trying apart from you, but God, I want to do it with you, Amen. Hey, let's all stand together and pray. I want to, uh, today as we start this 21-day of fast, I recognize that it is a spiritual battle that we all enter into and that we need one another. We need encouragement. We need prayer. We need support. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray, and as I pray, I'm going to ask you to come here to the front, and we're going to pray as a group. I'm going to pray over you. We're going to pray together. And I'm just going to ask God just to give you power and strength. You may not even know if you want to fast yet, but, but just seek God. He'll show you. He'll show you how to, what to fast for and what to do. The only thing I'm sure of, he doesn't want you fasting from Bodhi Leaf Coffee. Amen? All right, let's just press in. Press in here to, to the front. Amen? Press in here to the front. God, as, as we press in, Father, I just want to I just want to pray your anointing and your power, God, over this group, over every individual. I want to pray, God, that breakthroughs are going to come at unexpected hours, that there's going to be greater power, greater victory, greater joy than they ever imagined. I pray, God, your anointing and your power on every person here, Father. And I ask, God, you to take us as a church and accelerate, Father, the works that you're going to do here through miracles, through signs and wonders, through joy and power in the Holy Spirit, that your kingdom will be advanced, God, in such a powerful way that we know it's only because of you. It's not because of us, God. We want to be able to testify it was God there that day where I committed myself and I said, I'm going forward with God. I'm not pulling back for anything, anybody. I'm not going to be offended by Jesus. I'm going to lift up the name of Jesus and I'm going to move powerfully in the kingdom realm. Amen? Amen. Now, God, I just want you to take every person here, Father. I want a mantle of supernatural power just to begin to unfold, to begin to wrap itself around every person for courage that is 
can only be explained from you. Joy that comes from the Spirit of God. I pray, God, for healings. I pray for miracles. I pray, Holy Spirit, right now, you just fall right now. Just fall on every person. I feel people right now will just feel the weight of the Spirit of God as he's blowing through here. Welcome, Holy Spirit. Welcome. When the glory comes, it's it's weighty. You literally feel the Spirit of God coming. Just let him sway you. Let him move you. Let him direct your path. Just pray for an anointing right now. I just want you right now just to, there's something powerful about verbalizing what you're asking God to do versus thinking it. I think thinking it is meditation, speaking it is prayer. I'm going to ask you right now, whatever you're asking God for, in some or in part, I want you to verbalize it right now, just out loud, just everybody. Nobody's listening to anybody else. Just verbalize it out loud. And if you don't know yet what it is, just, just say, God, just show me what I should be trusting you for. Show me the miracle. Show me the breakthrough. Show me where I need to go. Just speak it out. Speak it out. Just speak it out. Just, just call the devil a liar and just speak it out. Amen. Amen and amen and amen. God, receive all of this now in your name. Powerfully anoint every person here as they go out like, like warriors, God, who know where the battle is. They don't fight on false battlefields. They fight on the battlefield where it makes a difference. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray. And all the people said, amen and amen. Hey, guys, great to see you today. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. You know, um, uh, let me just say this before you you run out of here, okay? Because it's hot. It's 107 out. You don't want to go out there. Okay? When you go out in that lobby, there are going to be pictures and floor plans of the new building. Okay? So if that was kind of quick for you and you want to get a look at it, go that way at least and look. There's also a link desk there if you have questions about how you set up an account, how you find all this stuff. They're going to be out there. And most importantly, there's a prayer wall. Anybody here got something they want to pray about? Then put it in the wall. Amen? Amen? All right, guys. Hey, God bless you. Have a great day. And we'll see you next time.